Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. How fast can you hotwire a Corvette? The streets of Los Angeles. I swear you keep that up, you'll be history. Where Jim always drives for himself. Until... Little respawn job. No problem, win. I understand you're the man that stole Crystal Ferrari. Is that right? Now, caught in the web of organized crime and a war between two arch rivals. The kid at Fisherman's Wharf just north of Santa Barbara. We'll get the vet and kill him. Look, this is your last chance. Once I get going, I'm not stopping to let you out. Now get out! Barney, let's go. Hit it! A twist of fate brings them together, and with the right moves, a fortune will be theirs. I want to eat and I want to sleep. You want to have sex with me? Admit it. Maybe later. Fuck later! That's what I said. <laughs> Kill them both. Look, if they're paying you 25 for delivering this car, there's got to be something in here worth millions. You want to die rough? I can work that out. Jim must drive for his life and risk it all. How are you? You're not gonna bluff your way out of this one. Well, he makes me nervous. I didn't know they were such creeps that they'd want to kill you. They're organized crime, honey. That's what they do. Corey Feldman. Dom DeLuise. Roxana Zal. Jan Michael Vincent. Michael Madsen. And Chad McQueen. Red line. Fuck! Hey, this is Lou Santiago of Car Fix and GarageInsiderTV.com. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Enjoy the show. Set the way back machine. Yes, sir. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google TantalkTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. 
And don't forget, if you miss any of our past shows, go to our archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, where you can hear all 370-some-odd-plus shows. Good evening, Tommy. How you doing? I'm doing great, Robert. How about yourself? Well, another, another week gone by and another radio show soon to be under the belt. <laughs> so, um... Anyway, hey, we got a pretty good show for you tonight. We got a very special guest coming on this evening, as usual. Okay, we usually try to keep you guys well informed as to what's going on in the car world. And if we don't have uh, famous people on from TV shows or uh, musical bands, we always have somebody that's real significant in the world of motorsports or the world of aftermarket car parts or builders. And we've got a whole, whole, whole line of really cool guests coming up for you. One thing I got to tell you, I just got back from SEMA a couple weeks ago, and basically SEMA is like, again, can I overemphasize, it is a must-see event. You got to be B2B, business to business, but you know what? It's worth it. So find a friend, a buddy, an aunt, an uncle, somebody that uh, is a uh, somehow involved in the automobile business with an occupational license, and they can probably get you a pass to get into C-SEMA because you will totally be stunned. And, uh, you know, for those of us who've been going for years and years and years and years, I think the first time I went was probably somewhere around 2001. And uh, so I've been going on and off since then. And it's gotten to be kind of like a routine, and it's also gotten to be like a big family reunion for a lot of us. I mean, you know, it's it's an area, it's a place where, you know, all the car guys get together. It's a captive audience. Uh, those that are in the know, those that are in the business, those that are every aspect of the industry are generally there. And uh, SEMA, you know, and I'll, I'll just quote some big names, you know, like Coker Tire, Edelbrock, uh, Bilstein Shocks, uh, Rancho Suspension, Holly Carburetors, uh, Parts Group, Coker Tire, Pirelli Tire, you name it, it's all there. And uh, TMI that makes upholstery uh, for uh, vintage cars, Pacific United, which does electronics and things for cars and some really cool digital, or not digital, sequential lighting for uh, cars and make kits. I mean, just... You name it, it's there, you know. Uh, companies like uh, SATA is there. SATA is a German company that makes some of the finest body shop tools in terms of spray equipment and stuff like that, not to mention it, really cool airlines and stuff. They uh, There's another company there, GoJack, which uh, you hear me talking about GoJack. Those are the little things that you kind of ratchet underneath your car so you can move all four wheels and tires around without killing yourself. So if you don't have access to a floor jack, but you need – and you got tight corners, you definitely want to get a set of GoJacks. Because it's uh, one one stop all. So uh, we got a caller on the line, huh? Charlie, all right, Charlie. Hey. How you been, Charlie? Good. I just went to go see. Uh, you know, remember the old Zephyr Hills Car Show for a hundred years? That of course, Carlisle took it over, over in Lakeland, and right. uh, it was it was not too bad. I went Friday. It was kind of slow, but uh, as I'm walking out, I said, "Oh, I thought Butch Patrick was supposed to be here." You know, Eddie Munster. Sure enough, yeah. there he was. Because I saw him last night, last time, and his wife goes, "Hey, I remember you." And really, nobody was hanging around, so I shot the bull with him for about a half an hour about this and that. Um, the Munsmobile and the Dragular actually stays up in Virginia. He lives in Missouri. Him and his wife have a place down here. Uh, she used to be a nurse at this hospital that I do some work. Uh, she knows some people from the Magic Club that my sister and brother-in-law are in. I'm like, holy, you know, you get talking about people. Um, I don't know if you remember when he used to have a haunted house down St. Pete Beach? Years ago? No, I did not know that, but yeah, I did know he that he lived in house. the area. Yeah, he had a haunted house next to the Undertow, which is a club called the Undertow. He said he tried it for a while, wasn't too bad, then he, you know, just kind of like got rid of it. But a nice guy. He's 64. Um, I asked him some questions about, you know, what was it like, you know, did you have to go to school? And he's like, yeah, I had to go to school three hours every day. And I'm like, yeah, but you were Eddie Munster, man. That was cool. You know, I'm like, how was it riding in the back of the of the Munsmobile. He goes, scary. I'm like, scary? You're Eddie Munster, you know? So it was cool, you know? Uh, the car's got a neat... The Dragular has got a 350 uh, Chevy motor in it with side-by-side four barrels. And uh, the um, uh, the, uh, the mobile has got a big block in it with 12, uh, 12, two, uh, 12 single carburetors on it. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's he, a lot of adjusting he, to do right there. Fired, yeah, he fired them up, too. I mean, those things sound nice. Well, did he, get... did he have him with him over there at Lakeland? Yeah, the... he was right there, yeah. Oh, really? Cool. had him right there. It was cool. Got him hung out. Yeah, it was neat. Super, super. Well, from what I understand, those aren't the originals, the George Barris ones. Those are basically replicas, but he uses those as promotional cars. And that's a good idea because, you know, for the young kids and everything like that to be able to see it. I think what he should do is I think yeah. he should dress up 
as Eddie Munster, you know, because usually when he's standing around, he's not, so you don't really know who he is. But I yeah. think you should do the Eddie Munster thing, and then I yeah. think they should have. Uh, um, well, Priest. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> now, yeah they, they still talk. She's around. Is she? You know, that's kind of cool. And so I said to him, I said, "Hey, um, what you said? By the way, I said, you know, being from New York, going back and forth a lot to the city. I said years ago in the late '80s, Grandpa, you know, uh, Al Lewis had a place car. Fifty four. Nash- where are you? He used to be on yeah. that show with Fred Gwynn. Yeah, he also played the judge in uh, in uh, My Cousin of Vinny. My cut. Co- that's right. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. That was Fred, Fred Gwynn. Gwynn. Fred he, Gwynn. He played the judge in Used Cars. With Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you remember that. Miles of Cars, remember that? Miles of Cars. Anyway, he had a a restaurant, an Italian restaurant called Grandpa's on Bleecker Street in Manhattan. And I said, Butch, listen, in all due respect, I'm Italian. That totally wasn't him. He goes, no, he had some of the boys running that place. But uh, it was nice. I got a picture with him years ago. Big guy. Alo was huge. And his son ran the place, and he was bigger than him. (laughs) But it was, of course, you know, Herman Munster was like, Seven foot twelve as it was <laughs> in his shoes. But uh, I figured I might have seen you walking around there. But you were busy at other places too. It wasn't too bad. Neat cars uh, that were going through the auction at some really good prices. I mean, unbelievable. It was kind of nice. Well, the market's slipping a little bit, so that's kind of something else yeah. we're going to talk about here in the near future. But uh, yeah, speaking no, I was at. Slip, speaking about Slippy, what happened to, to Bobby? What did he do? Slip away? No, Bobby's a full time student at the uh, University of Central Florida. That's right, that's right. Good, good for you, good for you. So good he's deal. over there, and he's pursuing his career in stage management, so he's going after a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in stage management, hey. and he's got a lot of opportunities over there. So You taught him well, and he doesn't have 2,000 tattoos on one arm, you know? No, none at all, so, you know... <laughs> And uh, so he's a fairly conservative, fairly smart kid. And uh, so, you know, I wish him the best of luck, obviously. So anyway, all right, Charlie. Well, thanks for calling in. You have a good night. Who you got coming up tonight? Uh, That's a surprise. But uh, I'll I'll just tune in. Tune in. Okay. I certainly will. All right. Take care. Thanks, Charlie. Stay well. Take care. Take care. Okay. So, yeah, a couple more minutes. We'll do a little break here. But uh, basically, yeah, what I did this past weekend is there was, as usual, there's a number of things going on every weekend. But one of the more, more important things that I wanted to do this weekend was go to the HSR, Historic Sports Car Racing, um, vintage races over at Daytona. And what they had was it was called the 24-Hour Classic. And what that does is they do a 24-Hour Classic at Le Mans. And, and essentially what they do is starting at, commencing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they run races for 24 hours. Now, they don't run a straight-through 24-hour race, but what they do is they run groups. And during, for a 24-year, 24 I'll get it right. For a 24-hour period, but what they do is they break you out in groups. So basically you run one hour and you have two or three drivers, depending on what how long the stints you want to do. So you can do a 15-minute stint, 20-minute stint, half-hour stint, one-hour stint. I mean, if you're up to driving for an hour, you're, you're welcome to do so as well. So basically they break the cars up into groups, and they run for 24 hours. And then the winner of that particular, who has, who's, who's finished and got the most amount of laps, it's a lap thing, a distance thing, obviously wins their class in each class, and it's broken up to, I think, four or five classes. So that's where I was at, but I stayed there most of the day until about 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Then I went over to the Orlando Speed World because they had the uh, World Street Nationals there. So they had some bad-to-the-bone 620 cars there and some super bad pro mods there, not to mention all the other cars that run there, you know, your slow stuff, your fast stuff, your in-between stuff. And that was pretty impressive. And I'll tell you what really uh, amazed me is how many serious Pro mod guys are out there, and those aren't cheap cars. Those are really, really fast cars. They're running low fours in the eighth, and uh, so you're talking some serious horsepower, probably you know, well deep into 1,500, 2,000 horsepower. Some cars 2,500, so really serious stuff. And then of course Sunday, let's see, what did I do Sunday? Sunday we went to Renegers because Bobby and I were up there, and we went to the uh, Cars and Guitars or Guitars and Cars swap meet that they have up there at Renegers, and it's every second Saturday of the month. Now. Tommy, I think we got a little something uh, spinning around on the turntable, so why don't you go ahead and play a little garage rock band music for us. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Green Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back in a short short.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Video and Cars. And, uh, yes, thank you, Bobby. That was a great commercial I did there for FloridaCarshows.com. Now, it's time for the FLA Car Show Minute, okay, or let's call it the segment here, and uh, let's talk about some of the upcoming shows. Moultrie, Georgia, swap meet this weekend. Yes, 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 one of my favorite swap meets. Got to get there. It's only about a four-hour run from here, so it's real easy. You've got the uh, Turkey Rod Run coming up at the end of the month, actually the 23rd, 4th, 5th at Daytona. And I got to tell you, it's 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 okay, but uh, it doesn't hold a candle to the Moultrie, Georgia swap meet. Let's see, Renegers Extravaganza this weekend. So if you're into anything and everything that's antique, don't forget to check out Renegers Extravaganza. That's Renegers. I guess you could call it kind of like a flea market up there in uh, Mount Dora. Le Villages Cruise Inn, third uh, Saturday of the month. That's this weekend. Now something else I just found out, and of course again, you can find all this information at FloridaCarshows.com. 20th Annual Corvette Show in Ocala. Now, go to FloridaCarshows.com, and all the information's up there. So, uh, I might take a run up there. That's this weekend, I think, on the, 28th, on the 18th. And then, in our own backyard, right here in at the Largo Central Park, is the Largo City of Largo Car Show. So, that should be kind of interesting. So, might hit that first, then go to the next one. I'm not sure where I'm going to be, because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on again. And that's what happens. This time of year, we've got car show on top of car show on top of, on top of car show, and you just have to kind of figure out, well, where am I going to go? Like Charlie was talking earlier, you know, they had the uh, the Carlisle um, Winter Extravaganza over at the Sun and Fun uh, Festival Park over there in Plant City. Unfortunately, it just didn't fit into my schedule. Not that I haven't been there before, but they usually have a pretty good auction there as well. And like you said, you know, there were some pretty good buys. Now, that's something we'll get into here in the next week or two or three, whenever it is. We're going to be talking a little bit about some of the cars and values and, uh, but primarily the reason I went to the vintage races over in Daytona with HSR, Historic Sports Car Racing. And be sure, if you want to find out more about Historic Sports Car Racing, if you want to get into vintage car racing, uh, just get your SCCA license, which is not a big deal. And then uh, you can start out. They have, actually have a vintage class, or you can run one of the little pro classes, or you can do autocrosses, or you can do solos. And then if you get really, really good and your skills are um, well-honed, let's say, then you can go race in the vintage class with uh, some of the real serious guys. And they got some serious cars out there. I mean, there were some GTP cars there. But I'm actually doing an appraisal on a number of uh, very rare vintage race cars. One of them happens to be the 1988 or a 1988 Nissan GTP car, GTP being Gran Turismo prototype. So that was the Mac Daddy. And, the, uh, and you know, guys, you guys know I'm a Porsche fan, but the... Uh, GTP not Nissan in uh, 87, 88, 89 pretty much knocked Porsche off their high horse. You know, they brought in some rules and regulations, and they kind of messed with them a little bit. So uh, it wasn't again until 1990 when they spanked everybody again with the Miller car, which had an end-dial motor in it. And uh, But for the 88, 89 season, Nissan did pretty, pretty serious stuff, and they did some serious destruction to Porsche. And then, of course, uh, Dan Gurney with AAR All-American Racing, uh, he got his hands on a couple Toyota GTP cars, and boy, they just spanked everybody in 91, 92, and then Nissan came out with their uh, NP something or other, their prototype car, had another double bad killer, one on top of the previous GTP cars, 
And then it just got real expensive and too costly, and then they did away with GTP racing in, in 93, 94, 95. So anyway, since I'm working on one of these cars, and I got a couple other cars that I'm working on, some uh, vintage uh, Nissans, as a matter of fact, a 300ZX GTS cars. So the best place to go to do a little research and homework and check out these kind of cars and the ones that are comparable to these cars is obviously at a race. And what type of race? You'd want to go to a vintage race. So anyway, hey, I think we're going to throw something on the turntable and we're going to get ready for our special guests. And we're getting down to the wire. So tune in, stay tuned, tell your friends. Don't forget, check it out, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, every Tuesday here on the Tantalk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. Don't touch the doubt. We'll be right back. Here's a little James Otto. You can see. I want to know how hard is that fire you burn for me? Because all my life, girl, I've been waiting on a love that's strong. And maybe this one ain't it. I can tell it won't take long. Shadows on the wall Ain't you want to understand What it does Every taste Every touch Going deeper Oh And it's a feeling That I can't describe Joe. Joe Banks. Lived a very boring life. Good morning, Dee. Hi, Joe. What's with the shoe? Those are my soul. Yeah. Until one day he found out his life was over. I'm not sick except for this terminal disease. That's right. You have some time left, Mr. Banks. Live it well. And that's Joe Banks? When his adventure began. You and I might be able to help each other. I want to hire you to jump into a volcano. A total red carpet situation. It's wine, women, and song in the sweetest little paradise you ever saw. A real journey. Are you Joe Banks? Yeah. Warner Brothers presents Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Joe, Joe, Joe Banks. In the story of a man, a mountain, and a miracle. Written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, the Academy Award-winning writer of Moonstruck. I love you. I love you, too. I've never been in love with anybody before, either. It's great. I am glad. But the timing stinks. I gotta go. Joe versus the Volcano. 
Hey now and have mercy, this is Billy F. Gibbons from ZZ Top, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and yes, you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening, this gentleman I've gotten to know over the past years, and he is head of probably one of the most predominant automobile organizations for those of us in the car world, and it's called SEMA. SEMA is the Special Equipment Marketing Association, and I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Chairman of the Board, Doug Evans. Doug, are you there? Hey, hey, Robert. How are you? Pretty uh, good. Happy to be here. Um, and I'm actually the immediate past chairman and current secretary, but that that's cool. Uh, Wade Kawasaki uh, took over as chair in July, but uh, um, all, all is well with SEMA World, so uh, thanks for having me. Super. Well, we've been talking about this for a number of years now, so uh, why don't you give us a little background on yourself real quick? Tell us who Doug Evans is and uh, how much of a car guy are you? Oh, well, you know, I uh, <clears throat> I, I, uh, I started screwing around with cars. Uh, fortunately, I had a, an older brother who was a very bad driver, so he... <laughs> uh, he totaled cars about every uh, three months, and, and he would bring them home, and we'd put them in the woods. And then at about the age of nine or ten, I started uh, reading Hot Rod Magazine and trying to figure out how to fix them. Um, and then uh, by the time I was in uh, eighth or ninth grade, uh, I had a full-on uh, body shop going in my parents' garage and doing complete paint jobs and fixing my brother's wrecked cars and trying to make some money. And, uh, you know, who, who would have ever thought that it uh, would have ended up uh, taking me to where I did. But uh, it, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So serious car guy. I've had probably 40, 40 muscle cars in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, my current project is a uh, 70 Chevelle convertible on a Art Morrison chassis with a 750 horse uh, injected uh, 572 big block with a Tremec six speed. So um, I'm having fun putting that together, and I can't wait till it's done. Super. Now, when you said you dragged cars into the woods, tell me whereabouts you guys grew up. What state? Uh, we grew up uh, in Chicago, actually on the south side of Chicago. Um, and you know, uh, most people think of the south side of Chicago as being you know, really rough, you know, tough neighborhoods. You know, our neighborhood was okay, uh, but we were on the outskirts, so there was there was room and, and there was property. Uh, so uh, I, we were able to do that, and uh, it was fortunate for me because I had the room uh, to be able to store the stuff and, and get into it. Cool. Well, my uh, cousins live up in uh, Elmwood Park and uh, out in Fox Lake, so I'm kind of familiar with the Chicago area. That's cool. Yeah. So um, now you're living here in Florida, so you're a Floridian like the rest of us, you know, transplants. And uh, tell us a little bit, uh, let's talk a little about SEMA. Give us a little basic background, what SEMA is, tell us about it, and let's talk about some of the really great things that SEMA does for those of us in the car business, and primarily, you know, those of us that mess around with some of the contemporary muscle cars, and I'll say contemporary from, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s stuff, and, and my, my world or our world. And uh, and where we're going with this stuff. And then let's talk about some of the political stuff that's going on. No, I'd be delighted. Uh, well, SEMA um, is in its 51st year um, uh, as a show. Uh, and uh, it originally was founded as the Speed Equipment Market Association. And as the organization grew, um, it encompassed uh, more things. So they changed it uh to the Specialty Equipment Market Association, which allowed media participation uh, in addition to manufacturers and all the different uh, rep agencies and service providers that are involved in the industry. Uh, but the, the performance aftermarket is a, you know, a, uh, you know, there's different benchmarks for it, but it's somewhere in the, in the 50, mid $50 billion dollar uh, a year business, um, uh, so it's a significant industry. The SEMA show, which happens every year in Vegas, rivals the consumer electronic show uh, in size. So it is one of the biggest trade shows uh, in North America. Uh, we're kind of head-to-head with CES. Um, but SEMA originally started uh, as uh, a group 
uh, of manufacturers uh, of the original founders, like the Edelbrocks and Ed Iskandarians of the world, and my original boss, uh, Robert E. Peterson, who actually funded the first SEMA show. He started Hot Rod Magazine. Um, and it was a way for these guys to get together collectively and move the industry forward. Um, and that's still very, very true today. Uh, that's what the SEMA show is about. Um, so it's the place that everybody comes to see uh, the new product launches and, and what's new and hot in the industry. Uh, the buyers, we had 70,000 buyers from over 31 countries at this year's show Wow! Uh, in, in buying parts. Um, and then, of course, uh, we also have a whole legislative and regulatory issue uh, with the states and federal government. And SEMA has a full-time staff of eight people in Washington, D.C. that deal with that on a day-to-day basis, which uh, I have also been heavily involved with for about 16 years. So it's, it's, uh, it's a big organization, uh, and they all care. And it's still about its original uh, mission, which is to help member companies succeed and prosper. Um, and that hasn't changed since, since the first show. Now, we had, it's funny you could talk about the SEMA um, Political Action Committee, if you will. It's kind of a SEMA PAC, but we've had Russ Dean on our show, who's uh, lead counsel for SEMA. And yeah. um, so tell us about some of the things that are real, real important. Remember, there was the RPM Act, and there was some other stuff going on. And, and, and a lot of car guys need to be aware of this stuff. So that's why I, I'm a huge proponent of SEMA and making sure people understand how important this is because, you know, uh, the government doesn't really like us. And uh, Well, but, <laughs> you're, you're right, and, and, and thank you for prompting me. Uh, the RPM Act uh, is the result of uh, an effort by the Environmental uh, Protection Agency. After 40, 40 years of interpreting the Clean Air Act uh, a certain way, which, by the way, SEMA helped to write the Clean Air Act back when it was written. Oh, really? Um Yes. Uh, the EPA came out and decided they were going to reinterpret uh, the way those regulations were written and decided that it would be illegal for any car that has ever had a Vintag to be made into a race car. Um, so if you understand, you can imagine any car guy listening to your show can imagine the ramifications of that. Um from NASCAR to, uh, to NHRA, IHRA on down to, uh, you know, Saturday night tracks all over the United States, um, not to mention the further ramifications of what it would do to the street performance stuff. Because ergo, illegal race cars, there go all the parts uh, that get, bol- get bolted on them. So um, SEMA uh, has introduced a piece of legislation called the RPM Act, which will uh, prevent uh, the EPA from uh, changing the way they interpret the way the original uh, Clean Air Act was written. So we, the, the original outcry last year was so loud and so fast, we had actually a record, record number of signatures on a petition to the White House um, that forced the then-President Barack Obama to address it. Uh, and the EPA backed off, uh, but they reserved the right to come back to it. So what the RPM Act does is it, it prevents them from ever making race cars illegal uh, in the future uh, with the Vintag issue. So, you know, that's just one of the examples uh, that the D.C. office uh, handles. I mean, they they handle bumper height legislation, Exhaust noise legislation. I mean, they're doing all kinds of things on a state by state basis every every day. Uh, but the RPM Act is a federal uh, piece of legislation that we're we're close to having um, uh, come to a vote uh, on the, on the floor. So we're pretty excited about it, and we need people to keep talking about it. Super. Now, if people want to find out more about it, okay, where do they go? And if people want to join SEMA. Tell them how important it is to become a member. And you don't have to necessarily be in the business to join SEMA because a lot of the funds that we, you know, the people, when you, when you join the membership, the, a lot of the funds go exactly towards these programs to help, you know, promote 
positive legislation for our industry in general, correct? Well, actually, uh, yes and no. So okay. um, SEMA, SEMA is a trade-only organization. So okay. the, the, the show itself is only open to the trade. Right. However, the, the SEMA Action Network, uh, we call it SAN, that's where we need enthusiasts to jump on board and become a member, and it's free. Oh, okay. So, so, so what we do with the SEMA Action Network is when a piece of legislation comes up that's good or bad uh, and we need support, the D.C. office reaches out to our SEMA Action Network members and gives them everything they need to uh, get a hold of their members of Congress and the Senate uh, to uh, pass or kill uh, legislation, depending on you know whether it's a friend or foe to the industry. So the way people can find out about that is they just go to SEMA, S-E-M-A dot org, O-R-G, uh, and look up the SEMA Action Network. Uh, and again, it's free. Uh, and I would also be happy to report that that list is not shared with anyone. Okay, good. Uh, so, so they're not going to get any advertising requests, nothing. Uh, it is purely used um, just to mobilize car, car people all over the country to uh, help help us preserve the hobby. Excellent, excellent. Well, I, w- I probably need to get with you on some of that stuff so the next time I go to some of these car shows that I go to, I can hand out some literature because I don't know if the awareness is really out there yet, you know, and it's like anything else. You almost need grassroots marketing and boots on the ground to kind of get more and more people to know about it or, you know, they have to read about it or find out about it on the net some way. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's true. You know, Courtney uh, Hanson, my good friend, who I'm sure a lot of your listeners are aware of, she's been a spokesperson for SEMA uh, Action Network for years. And, you know, I used to have her out on a high ride power tour, and she does all the events that she can do. But uh, there's a limited amount of her time that we can take, and, and she's been great. Uh, but uh, the more people can can just pass the word, it's uh, it's a terrific thing. So and I, I'd appreciate your uh your listeners help on on doing that excellent now doug tell us a little bit more about yourself now you mentioned earlier and i know uh a little bit that you were involved with uh one of the earlier magazines with peterson publications so tell us a little bit take us back in the uh, the past a little bit how you got involved in uh in in, in publication and pr because you're well known in the pr circles as well well i uh i you know uh got out of college um and was debating on what I was going to do and it was in the middle of the Jimmy Carter recession in, <laughs> in the late 70s and um, I uh, decided to send out resumes to wherever I could send them and lo and behold uh, an ad agency by the name of Young and Rubicam um, said they wanted to interview and hire me so I, I, I thought you know wow I had plans to take a motorcycle trip across the country but I thought you know what I may never get a job. I better do this. So I did, um, and they hired me in the media department, uh, and I ended up uh, specializing in planning advertising campaigns for uh, magazines. Uh, and I it went, went across all the different media, but I took a particular like the magazines, and I quickly uh, realized that the guys who were calling at me uh, selling uh, magazine ads were making about five times as much money as I was making. So uh, I thought I'd, I'd go into that business, and I thought, you know what, I'm I'm a car guy. If I can go to work for any uh, magazine out there, what would it be? And that was Hot Rod Magazine. So I set my sights on that, um, and it was a it was a great time because Peterson was forming uh, what was called the Automotive Performance Group. At that time, uh, we had, I think, five uh, monthly automotive titles, uh, and uh, I worked on four of the five. Uh, and uh, I went to work for uh, Mr. Peterson and, and that crew, and uh, I just uh, rose through the ranks. Um, I, I ended up uh, participating and building their event division, um, and then uh, I briefly left because I wanted to be a magazine guy, so I went to work for uh, Condé Nast in New York. So believe it or not, I, I worked for the company that uh, publishes GQ and Vanity Fair and uh, all those titles for uh, a few years. And then uh, 
I had the opportunity to come back uh, when Peterson was selling the company uh, and uh, run the Florida office, which was uh, then Dobbs Publishing, which had been acquired and uh, eventually ended up running uh, all of their automotive division uh, with the exception of Motor Trend and Automobile and uh, also ran their Marine Division uh, and Motorcycle Division. So basically anything... uh, Anything with a motor. Uh, so uh, it was a wild ride, and that's how I got into it. Um, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been a blast. Uh, you know, the, the, the heritage of those magazines is really something. Um, and uh, I've been very, very proud to be part of it. And uh, I'm currently still working on a bunch of automotive shows for consumers, which are great. And uh, I'm having a good time. Wow. Now, you mentioned Dobbs Publication. I'm pretty good friends with Donald Farr, and I think Donald started Mustang Monthly, which was also acquired by Dobbs Publication, which I think eventually was taken over by Source Interlink, right, which then became 10, which now recently got bought out again, correct? Yeah, well, yeah, it's 10, and and now it's Discovery Channel. So, yeah, Donald uh, Donald and I worked together probably for 15, 18 years. He actually left left the company, and I hired him back. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and he is, uh, Donald is Mr. Mustang. Yep. He's a great guy. So, uh, um, yeah, all those guys uh, are, are terrific, terrific people. And, uh, yeah, Donald did start Mustang Monthly for Larry Dobbs. Uh, and they did it by running 112th ads in the back of Hot Rod Magazine, by the way. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So you, I'm sure you've heard this. Print is dead. What's your comment? Um, I would say uh, that's not an accurate statement. Okay. Um, I, I think uh, print is definitely changing, and it's going to find a new level. Uh, but my my prediction uh, for print uh, is we're going to see a lot more magazines like Rotter's Journal. Uh, for your listeners who are familiar with Rotter's Journal, it's a quarterly. Uh, it's very expensive to buy. It's fourteen or fifteen bucks on a newsstand. But it's big, it's beautiful, it's coffee table, it stays, people keep them uh, forever. Um, I think what's going to have to happen uh, in the age of uh, new free media, because everything is free, um, is people who want print publications are going to have to step up and realize that, you know, you can't get 12 issues of a magazine for nine ninety five anymore. Um and, you know, back in those days, the advertisers were supporting all of the cost of the editorial teams and print, printing the publications. Um, I think the reader is going to have to step up and say, I want a quality magazine. I'm willing to pay for it. Eight or nine bucks a copy. I think there will be less uh, titles um, because the Internet uh, serves a great purpose uh, in terms of all of the super niche stuff. You know, when I left 10, we had five Mustang magazines, um, which I would agree was probably a few too many. But in the day, it all made sense. You know, now you can find all that stuff online and you probably need a couple of good, good Mustang titles, a vintage one and a, and a modern one like Muscle Mustangs, Fast Forward. So um, I think that that print will find its level um, and it's going to be reader supported. Uh, and it'll be around for a long time to come. Well, to concur with that, you know, you've got Automobile Quarterly, which comes out four times a year. And you've got, uh, like, I'm a member of the Shelby Club. We used to get Shelby, our Shelby Marks every month. Then it became every two months. Now it's, I think, twice a year. So, um, and I, you're right. I think it's going in that direction. There's still us old schoolers that like magazines. I like having them around. I like using them as reference. But since I do appraisals, and pre-purchase inspections and things of that nature and, 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 and automotive stuff, research stuff, the Internet is the quickest way for me to, to access a lot of stuff because I can't have 20,000 magazines laying around. So the Internet's quick from that standpoint. But I think, like you said, to, to enjoy, to read, to share um, good stories every once in a while in editorials, uh, obviously the, the quarterly magazines uh, do a great job. And Rodder's Journal is an excellent magazine, by the way. Oh, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, a lot of my old friends uh, write for that book, and it's well done, and uh, my hat's off to those guys. In fact, uh, I think uh, uh, in in the current uh, issue coming up, my old friend Dave Wallace, who is an old uh, 
old-time uh, photographer for Hot Rod going back to the 60s uh, and Lions Dragway, for the people who know oh, wow. uh, what, what <laughs> yeah. that is. Um, Dave uh, did an interview with me about the Peterson Photo Archive, um, which uh, after 15 years of, of effort um, and lunch meetings with Mr. Peterson himself, uh, we finally have moved the Peterson Photo Archive to the Peterson Museum in L.A., uh, and SEMA has donated a bunch of money to help the museum digitize those images. So um, it's forever preserved. It's, uh, I think, a north of 6 million images going all the way back to the 40s, um, and people will eventually be able to search and see all of that stuff uh, which <clears throat> I've had the privilege of doing because I worked there for so many years, but it's it's beautiful stuff, and uh, I'm just thrilled that we finally brought that home. So um, it's cool. And on that note, I would also encourage anybody who's listening to please stop by the Peterson Museum in California if you're ever in Los Angeles. It is a mind blowing experience. Um, and I've been involved with that since it started, and uh, it's it's an amazing place. Now, was the Peterson Museum? We got a few minutes left. Was the Peterson Museum started back when Mr. Peterson himself was still alive, or was that more of a dedication building? No, it was started and funded uh, by Mr. Peterson. Okay, um, and he gave it to L.A. County, and they uh, <clears throat> he didn't like the way they were running it, so he took it back. Um, and part of his estate was uh, a massive uh, amount of money to keep the museum running in perpetuity. Uh, and they, of course, uh, also have donors that are very generous. But it's uh, it's quite a place. They have uh, one section of a floor that is dedicated just to children uh, that's very uh, interactive. Uh, so... The kids get to play with all of the characters from the car movies, uh, and they have a little uh, interactive computer where they can see how an internal uh, combustion engine works. Um, so it's it's uh, it's a great place for families, and it has cars that you will never see anywhere else in the world. It's it's a special place. Well, as long as we have serious car guys like Mr. Mullins and uh, Bruce Myers and people like that that are big contributors and big supporters of Peterson Museum, uh, it's going to be around for a long time. In fact, you know what they should do, and I probably should say this off-air, but I think we need something like that um, here in Orlando. What do you think? Hey, man, I'd be all about it. <clears throat> you know, we, you and I have talked about this before. Right. Uh, Florida is a serious uh, car people state, and uh, we need to take uh, the effort uh, to make it easier for people to get together and do it. And uh, you and I will definitely have that conversation online cause, or uh, offline, because I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I think uh, your ideas on that are spot on, and uh, we will support it, and I'll get the media to support it. Excellent, excellent. Well, now, we got, uh, I got a couple minutes left, so is there anything else you want to kind of shed some light to? Is there anything else? Uh, what's uh, anything really special coming up this year for SEMA? Well, uh, SEMA continues to do what SEMA does. Um, I guess one other thing I would highlight uh, for your listeners is <clears throat> one of the big bugaboos that everybody is talking about and potentially afraid of is advanced vehicle technology. Um, you know, the lane avoidance stuff and, you know, your car kind of controlling itself and driverless cars. Um, they should all know that uh, SEMA is all over it and is studying all that heavily. Uh, we think it's it's both a threat, but it's also an opportunity uh, for SEMA companies to retrofit uh, the American fleet with, with the stuff uh, that people like. Um, but most importantly, uh, we understand that all the car, car guys and car girls out there need to be able to continue to work on their cars. Uh, and they're going to need to understand that technology. So SEMA is spending the time and the money uh, to make sure that they will have all of that information so they can do so uh, in the decades moving forward. Excellent. Well, Doug, I want to thank you very much for taking some time out and hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And real quickly, if everybody wants to find out a little bit more about SEMA, where do they go? 
They go to SEMA.org, S-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Excellent. All right, Doug. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Look forward to seeing you next time I'm in Orlando and I'm over in the uh, East Coast. We'll definitely hook up and uh, we'll talk about some of the ideas I have and let's kick some stuff around and bounce some stuff around and see if we can come up with something to make this uh, synergy, this car thing synergy work here in the state of Florida. How about that? Awesome. I'm in. Okay. I'll see you then. Very good. All right, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars this evening. Don't forget, tell your friends every Tuesday night on the Town Talk Radio Network right here in downtown Clearwater. Again, I want to thank my special guest, Doug Evans, chairman of the board or former chairman of the board of SEMA. Don't forget, want to find out where all the car shows are, floridacarshows.com. Don't forget to check out our website, golfstreetmotorsports.com. Visit our archive page. In the meantime, see some of the car shows. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. See you